love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday, February the 21st, 2022, and you have survived the weekend. Congratulations. You made it. You get to go back to work, back to your to-do list at home or at school or at your office or wherever you, ha- you are on your way to today. You get to get after it. Praise be to God. Just imagine what you might accomplish. It's going to be good. I can't wait. Here's some uh, good news. Jacob Imam from New Polity is going to be joining us. Uh, capitalism, socialism, hmm, are those the only options? What is a Catholic vision of economics? And is it even possible to obtain that in this modern climate of ours? Jacob Imam from New Polity is going to be joining us at 35 past the hour to discuss that. Uh, also, Mark Houck, my buddy from King, the Kingsmen, he's going to be on at 15 past the hour. What is the responsibility of the lay Catholic, especially in times of great confusion, which I think we see ourselves in? That's coming up again at 15 past the hour. Praise be to God. Today is the very last date for you to get your car raffle tickets. So if you wanted to possibly win a brand new Mercedes by the end of this week, well, you're going to have to act very quickly. Go to the website today to pick those up if you haven't done so already. GRNonline.com. We're going to be pulling a name out of the barrel of divine providence later this week. Praise be to God and announcing it live on this program. So we're looking forward to that. Again, go to GRNonline.com. Scroll down till you see the Mercedes. Click on that and you'll get all the information. Uh, the trucker protest over the weekend crushed. I mean, the police brutality was pretty pretty intense up there. So they have uh, they basically backed out of Ottawa at this point, and they are cleaning up the city. Ukraine, did Russia invade? Wait for it. Wait for it. Keep waiting for it. Who knows? The president of the Ukraine is like, please, would you stop talking about the invasion uh, to uh, President Biden? So I don't know. We'll probably cover a little bit of that. And then, uh, of course, inflation is on the rise. And oh, by the way, today's the day Trump releases his brand new social platform. Will you be joining it? Hmm, I wonder. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Are you joining Trump's uh, new social platform? Good morning, Joe. I have. I tried this morning as soon as I woke up. Is it I available got, already? I got the notification. It says, hey, it's here. You can download it. And I uh-huh. said, all right, let's see. And yeah, I don't know, I'm man. stuck in a queue. I can't get it. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's It has that, smell that, it smells a lot like the My Pillow Guys is a social platform. Was yeah. there one? Yeah. Uh huh. It didn't work out either. Well, it's too bad the markets are closed because you know I might have been making a profit about it. I don't know who knows. <laughs> oh, how do you it's make a be profit huge. on that? You invested in it, or you you can invest in DWAC, which is a stock. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's kind of like I think it's basically funding the the project. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> who who decides the name DWAC? I don't know. Like what person in the marketing <laughs> says? You know what we should call this thing? DWAC. Yeah, what are they? Oh, it's called Digital World Acquisition. That's why. <laughs> it's short for, <laughs> short as DWAG. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people with a lot of very fancy degrees came up with that. Probably yeah, means, probably. You know, it must work. It just, I, it's going to work. Yeah, that's sure. what I would go to school Speaking for. Speaking of things that are have to work is Adrian Fonseca on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. In Praise be to God. All. In spite of it all. Had a great weekend. My sister's uh, birthday was 
on Saturday, so we had a Yay. great little birthday party that for her at the at our house, and it was a it was a good time. Praise be to God. How and we old, had fajitas. How old is she? Uh, she just turned nineteen. Hey, now 19. So she's old. It's kind of weird. Yeah, nineteen is when you do get start to get old. But mm-hmm. fajitas, what a way to celebrate! Praise it was be good. To God. Good fajitas. Uh, pff, I'm hungry now. All of a sudden, I want to pause the show and go eat. Uh, can't do it. <laughs> not allowed. Why not? Not, not allowed. allowed. You did bring in samples, though, for us to. No, what? we ate it all. What? what? Uh, no, nothing left. Wow. What? Not even a little bit left. I think we do need to stop so, the show. I think for Lent, let's <laughs> talk about charity to one's neighbor. That is so true, Joe. You know um, what I'm saying, Rudy? Yeah. Like, we invited, I'm feeling we invited our bit, neighbors over. I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> you who live is your neighbor? I wonder. So maybe we should get so, someone on to talk about who your neighbor is. Adrian's like, dude. am I my neighbor's keeper? Mm, am I my am I I'm my brother's keeper? I don't know. Does that mean I have to get them fajitas? Then probably not. Yikes! Well, there you go, folks. We have much to prepare for for the holy season of Lent. But by the way, we're I think we're having a uh, for, a Dominican priest later this week, uh, Father Sama. Yes, to talk about how to prepare for the holy season of Lent must be penitential. There's a clue in that, right? It has to be penitential, uh, not necessarily for your friends and family, but for you. Right, so we'll talk about that later this week. We're going to have, hopefully, some great conversations lined up for you. In the next hour, if you can uh, join us, we will have a brand-new game show opportunity, new prize pack. I think this week the Catholic Drive Time is the prize sponsor, so we're going to put together a, a little uh, care package just for you to include an autographed copy uh, of our CDT mug. And that's the original, but we're going to come out with a, a 2.0 version, I think, this year at some point. Maybe by, uh, by late spring, we'll have the new Catholic Drive Time 2022 version of that. So stick around for that. But more of that coming up in the next hour. Don't forget, we're also live streaming on Rumble again. We're on Rumble, Odyssey, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, all of which are linked on our website, grnonline.com. Let's jump in and pray and get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and you're breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, February the 21st, and these are your headlines. Washington Times reports Russian troops have received order to invade Ukraine. A U.S. intelligence, or rather U.S. intelligence, revealed that Russian President Vladimir Putin has allegedly ordered his troops to invade Ukraine, with commanders making specific battlefield plans for how they would maneuver in their sector of the battlefield. They are doing everything that American commanders would do once they got the order to proceed, said David Martin, a reporter for CBS. The report came two days after President Biden said he believes President Putin had made the decision to move forward with invasion plans. And the Daily Wire reports Ukraine's president leaving country as threat of invasion looms and explosion rocks Ukraine pipeline. Ukrainian President Vladimir Vladimir Zelensky made the decision to depart Ukraine for Germany this weekend as a threat of Russian invasion looms over the country. Allies of the NATO alliance are reportedly worried about the potential for Russia to take advantage of the president's absence. His decision is in part due to a massive explosion that shuttered a gas pipeline in Luhansk. And Breitbart reports Canada protesters trampled by police horses and 100 arrested. Canadian police have taken a hardline approach in an effort to break up the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa. 
Mounted police clad in riot gear appeared to outnumber the protesters. At least 100 had been arrested. They moved in on the Freedom Convoy on Friday, pushing into crowds of protesters, including children. Interim Ottawa Police, Chile, Police Chief Steve Bell claimed that no protesters were injured, despite footage circulating on social media of police horses trampling protesters at the convoy. And the New York Post reports Jelaine Maxwell's family fears for her safety after Brunel found dead. Jelaine Maxwell's family say they fear for her safety after model agent Jean-Luc Brunel was found hanged in his, prison, his Paris prison cell on Saturday. Maxwell, who was convicted last year of sex trafficking, allegedly introduced Brunel to Jeffrey Epstein, who was also found hanging in his Manhattan jail cell in 2019. Brunel, who ran Karen Models in Paris and later formed another model management with Epstein, was charged with securing girls and young women for Epstein. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Peter Damien. Peter Damien was born in Ravenna in Italy around 1007. His parents of this brilliant teacher and writer died shortly after his birth. Peter's elder brother brutally used the young lad as an unpaid servant until his other brother, Damien, found Peter and rescued him, sending him to be educated at Fainza and Parma. This brother was a priest and Peter took his Christian name, Damien, as his own surname. He began to practice austerities by himself and gave liberal alms, seldom went without some poor person at his table, and took pleasure in serving them with his own hands. He became a Benedictine monk at Fonte Avellana, and his bro the brothers at Fonte Avellana lived as hermits in bare cells, utterly disciplined and given to constant study of the scriptures. Their regime was so austere that for a time Peter's health broke down, Nevertheless, he became a model monk. He was elected prior of the community and became famous for his uncompromising attitude to a worldliness, denunciation of simony, and clerical incontinence. In 1057, Peter was named the Cardinal Bishop of Ostia by Pope Stephen IX. His fame spread as he took a leading role in the Gregorian reform with the permission of Pope Alexander II and under the condition that he continued to serve the Holy See as needed. Peter returned to his cell. There he wrote unceasingly on purgatory, the Eucharist, and other theological and ascetical topics, but he also wrote poetry. In his ideas about monasticism, the saint always looked back at the example of the early de desert monks. Although he regarded the monastic life as inferior to ermatic er life, he advocated regular canonical life for the cathedral clergy and was a precursor of the devotion of the Passion of Christ. His onslaught on clerical sodomy is called the Gomorrah Book, or the Book of Gomorrah, but the austerities he prescribed for others he practiced himself, and when not employed in prayer or work, he made wooden spoons and other utensils to keep his hands from idleness. He also continued to work for ecclesiastical reform and opposed the anti-popes, especially Honorius II, and he went on mission for the Pope, once even managing to persuade the King of Germany not to divorce his wife Bertha. He died in Fainza, Italy, February 22, 1072, en route back from Rivana. Though he was never formally canonized, there was a local cultist that arose, and in 1828, Pope Leo XII extended his feast to the Universal Church and declared him Doctor of the Church. St. Peter Damien, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. 
you are already made clean by the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a great uh, passage. I love this passage for a number of reasons. One, this becomes clear, this mystical connection between the, the saints in heaven, the saints in triumph, and the saints in uh, purgatory, the saints in on earth through the church militant, are all connected to the same vine. Our Lord is the vine, we are the branches, and it is so, so, so important to us that we abide in Him. It's not good enough to just say the thing, you have to do the thing. You got to walk the walk, you got to talk the talk all at the same time, or else big trouble. You get cut off and thrown into the fire. So let that be a warning. St. Chrysostom says, he here shows that the virtuous themselves stand in need of the help of the husbandman. Therefore, the Almighty sends them tribulations and temptations that they may be cleansed and rendered firm, like the vine, which the more it is pruned, the more vigorous are its shoots. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, pray for us. Think about that for a second. These tribulations that the Lord allows us to suffer, if we do so virtuously, heroically, like the most incredible saints that you can think of right now, if you suffer like them, amazing things happen, right? Praise be to God. Let us think and ponder on that today. It warms the heart of the Father to see us uh, not only uh, grow in grace, but to persevere through it all. The husbandman, the father in heaven, we are his children. Let us today hold fast and abide in the Lord. No matter what comes our way, let us not give up hope, but keep our eyes fixed to Christ. We'll be right back. Mark out the King's Men is coming up next. A popular objection to Jesus' resurrection is that it's merely a ripoff of pagan myths about resurrected deities. Should this be a cause of alarm? I don't think so, for a couple of reasons. First, Christians couldn't have copied from pagan myths because the idea of resurrection as a new embodied life after death was foreign to the pagan worldview. Recall how the Athenians scoffed at Paul's preaching on the resurrection in Acts 17. Second, the majority of the alleged parallels are bogus. The deities never really rise from the dead. The spirit of the Greek god Attis entered into a pine tree after his death, and the Egyptian god Osiris merely reigned as king of the underworld. So to my Christian friends, no need to fret. Our belief in Jesus' resurrection didn't come from pagan myths. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com.
Hello, how would you like a chance to win a Mercedes-Benz? What's up with the accent, Dave? Oh, hey, Sissel. Just putting on a posh accent, because this year with the GRN, we're raffling off a pretty... Oh, you mean the 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250? That's right. And that all listeners need to do to get their tickets is to contact their general manager or visit grnonline.com forward slash raffle, and that all the funds raised go to the GRN. Tickets are only one for $25 or five for $100. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I took over your spot again, didn't I? Well, it was probably for the best. Cheerio! Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Jacob Imam from the New Polity is going to be our guest to talk about a Catholic vision of the economy. Socialism, capitalism, these are generally the two options we are handed, but is that, or either of those, in keeping with a Catholic vision of the economy? Jacob Imam is going to be our guest to discuss that and more coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now, again, via Zoom chat, is our good friend Mark Houck from The Kingsmen, thekingsmen.org. Good morning to you, Mark. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts. (laughs) little goals right little goals it's monday we don't want to get too aggressive too soon right uh we have a full (laughs) week ahead of us we might as well pace ourselves uh you know i was i was thinking about this over the weekend when when you and i were chatting briefly about the role of the layman um you know the lay person i suppose in general but specifically men lay married men in a confused world especially confusion that comes from the hierarchy of the church what is our responsibility, uh, lay married men in particular? What would you say to that, Mark Houck? Well, without preparing, my initial thoughts just go to Fulton Sheen, who really encouraged the laity. And of course, just backing up, we'll, we'll use Augustine, you know, reminding us that men are the bishops of their home, which you have commented on before. So uh, fathers, husbands, bishops of their home. But she brings us to the awareness that it's the laity's responsibility. And if we're the head of the domestic church, then of course you can put it on men as well. The men's responsibility to help the bishops remain bishops, priests to remain priests in good standing, and religious to be religious. We have the mind of the church, Fulton Sheen says. And so I, I think as men, and Tim Staples has said this before, I love this quote, uh, the church is only as strong as its men. So if, if we're not living out our vocation properly as, as laymen and being virtuous, as you just commented on, and, and seeking God in the face of, of all turmoil, uh, first and foremost, then um, we're going to have major problems and calamities in this church. And that's, I think, what we're seeing. We're seeing a failure of men to lead their families well. And certainly in these confusing times, we have men who are not responding um, they're expecting the clergy to do the right thing. Um, they have not uh, in a lot on mass in a lot of a lot of areas. Um, you know, they're 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 afraid they're leading the flock fearful and uh, and it's showing. So I would say as men, we, we need to really encourage them. I think part of the challenge is, you know, uh, we live in such a cancel culture environment that uh, many of us spend a lot of time on social media and we, we kind of worry about the, the opinions of other people for us. And, and it can be hard as a, as a father, as a husband, to try to create clarity in the midst of confusion. 
what was it Bishop so-and-so said? Did the Pope really say this? You know, and we have to provide, because even some in some cases, our kids are very much plugged into social media, or they're talking to friends, and those friends hear things, and then all of a sudden, your kids are talking. And it can become very tricky business to try to provide clarity, provide truth, and yet not scandalize their them on the hierarchy of the church or on the church itself. What would you say to that, Mark Howe? Well, right. I mean, we have so much guidance there. Even today's feast of uh, St. Peter Damien, you know, we have this great reformer of the clergy, and that really can give us that stability that we need when we look to the past of the church and to, you know, reflect upon where we've been and how we've navigated through that. And I think you know, recently I... I uh, you know, on the Martin Luther King's, uh, you know, celebration day, I, I watched, allowed my kids to, uh, as a homeschool father, uh, to watch a documentary on, on Dr. Martin Luther King. And so here's a man that was in the church, not the Catholic church, but certainly a man, the part of the body of Christ, who really understood his role as a layman and, and, and well, clergyman in this case. But he, he brought up something that I think we're missing, Joe, and I think we're missing this I think a lot of our clergy are missing this. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's, maybe it's my perception. But he said, if you want to live free, and I think this is what our Lord wants for us, if you want to live truly free, you need to forgive everyone who's ever hurt you. This is what Dr. King said. And this, of course, this comes from Christ, right? We saw this, heard this at Mass yesterday. Um, forgive everyone that's ever hurt you. And totally let it go. Not, not necessarily be a doormat, but let it go. And the last thing, and I think this is the, the key clincher, is you have to give up your fear of death. And I think a lot of the saints point us to this. And when I lead my children, when I talk to my children, you know, I, I, I talk to them about death in the way that it's a good thing. And I think in our culture, the cancel culture, everything being canceled and all these things and, you know, the church and mask wearing and all this stuff, it, you know, it, it shows our children this. And, I, and again, I'm not a scientist, okay, but it shows our children those that are leading this faithful, you know, in, in the church, th that there's tremendous fear. And, uh, and, and death is not something we need to be afraid of, even if it's death as a result of a pandemic. Now, are you going to be unwise and, and you know, do things, uh, you know, carelessly? No. But I think when we look at our children and our families and the church, St. Charles Borromeo, we go to these saints to encourage our spirits to say, this is the way you lead, this is what you do, and, and have no fear, and, and move forward, and the Lord is in charge of your life, and you're not guaranteed another moment of your life unless he wills it. And so move forward in faith and trust, greater trust, and ask God each and every day as men, as fathers, as husbands, as leaders in the church, as clergy, to give you more faith and trust. And I think that's that's the way the saints live their lives. That's my response to that. You know, Mark, I'm um, thinking about something you just said about fear. And, you know, we see the hierarchy doing certain things. And as lay people, we get confused. Um, and um, we look at that as, oh, well, they're not doing their duty. But a lot of the things that they do is, is, is done out of fear, you know, things that they don't do, rather. And I think that as men, we, we have a, a fix-it mentality when it comes to the hierarchy or the church. Um, but 
maybe there's there's not much that we can affect in in terms of change into the church. Rather, we can affect a lot of change in our our, our household, in the way that we raise our family, in the, ra- the way that we raise our, our, our children to be the next generation of priests and religious. Uh, what do you think about that, and, and how does a, a layman raise his family to, to inherit the church properly? Mm, well, you just said it. Uh, I, that was beautiful, what you said. Um, he has to be a praying man. You know, he has to start with prayer. If the father and, and the husband in the home is not praying for his spouse and not praying for his children diligently, um, the, the house is going to suffer. The children are going to suffer. He needs to start there. His own personal holiness needs to be chief in his journey uh, so that others can follow in his footsteps. And so, um, yeah, the, the fear is there. Uh, it's hard to affect change, but change is possible. And uh, I think we just need to lead by example. I hate to say it, but that's the, really the answer. We need to show uh, our priests and our bishops, you know, uh, the, the, like that we're strong, that we're that we're united in our desire to serve God and serve in faith and trust and hope and all these virtues theologically and naturally that we have. We draw upon to help us and guide us. And so, a father starts with prayer. And he begins there every day and closes his day and leads the family in prayer. If he's doing that, he should be that rudder in the storm that's just going to navigate him right you know, the, to the bark of the, of, of the wood of Christ, right? With the bark of the wood of Christ, as St. Peter would say, St. Augustine would say, right to safe shores. Mm-hmm. And so, brother, I think that was the right answer. Just live in that way, the way the, the church has given us all 2,000 years. Yeah, and I keep... Coming back to the idea that we kind of we get what we deserve, right? We get the the kinds of priests and bishops and 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 hierarchy, cardinals, pope, or whatever that we deserve. So if we haven't lived our vocation well, if we haven't uh, raised our children to become saints, then we can't expect more than we've put into the system. And I think uh, as as husbands and fathers, we we have to put out in order to expect more. Uh, and and one of our listeners is hanging out with us. Fifty two percent of children are in single parent households. I covered that story last week. I mean, it is an incredible travesty to see so many unwed mothers in and and in, in our society and growing. Um, we can't expect more if we don't put out more. So we're seeing that travesty. Now, I want to go. Uh, we have a few minutes left with Mark Houck. He is uh, the founder of the Kingsmen. The Kingsmen dot org is the website. You're traveling this week again. It looks like uh, we're starting to see more men's events, actual in-person men's conferences coming up. I'm going to be in Buffalo in March. Praise be to God. I'm looking forward to that. Back to uh, Western New York. It's been a while. And you're going to you're coming my way this week. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's 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 Catholic Men's uh, Conference Month, February and March. So we'll be in San Antonio this week, flying in on Friday and uh, invited to, to share in a wonderful day. Uh, again, men gathering. So those are great events, you know, Joe, and it's a great shot in the arm. So we're going to be talking about some of the things that we talked about on this show today. And we also have some retreats coming up from the King's Men this year. That's right. Yeah, we got uh, Into the Wild in Flagstaff, which we've invited you and your boys to come to again. So um, we'll be out there in September, September 15th to the 18th. And then we have uh, in about 45, 49 days. I don't know how many days now. Uh, another healing retreat for men. We'll be doing Palm Sunday weekend out here in New Jersey. And then we'll do another one of those in the fall as well. So those are the ones we're doing. But we got a lot of other retreats that you know we're doing at parishes that, that our, our men's groups are doing as well. 
Let me ask you about uh, act, laymen being very active. We saw last week the protest rally in Arizona. We had Michael Hitchborn on to talk about that and the results. It, it looks like it was fantastic. A lot of Catholics came out for that. And I know that it's part of your patrimony at the King's Men to have men very active in society. You yourself have led many uh, prayer protests and prayer rallies against uh, you know, abortion and uh, pornography and uh, more evils. Uh, you got about a minute and a half here. What should laymen be doing when it comes to be uh, active in the ills of society around them? Well, he needs to be watchful. He needs to be aware, and he needs to be uh, you know, just totally— uh, Leading from the front, right? That's George Washington. Here's his his birthday tomorrow. Leading from the front, and so we need to, as men, as husbands, as fathers, we need to see what's going on in our community. Uh, we can't fix every problem in the church, but we can certainly work in our backyard to to affect change. And so, if there's a porn shop coming into your town, or an abortuary coming into your town, or or it's been there for years, hey, that's a clear and present danger. So. Uh, Men need to work to kind of resolve these things and uh, and affect change by by the law. There's a lot of things that men can do uh, by by virtuous citizens in this great nation of ours. And so I encourage men to look into those things, and we can help with the King's Men tour too if they want it. Yeah. So check it out, thekingsmen.org. If you know a guy, part of the Knuckle Dragger Club, as I like to, the Knucklehead, <laughs> you know, the Knucklehead Club that I like to speak of often. Uh, this is a great apostolate. I, I absolutely love it. That's why I volunteer there uh, when I can to be a part of it. Uh, the, the End of the Wild retreats are fantastic outdoor experiential retreats, and I highly recommend them. And uh, I think it shows Flagstaff is the only one on the books for 2022 so far? For End of the Wild, yes. Yeah, we might do another one. We'll see. But uh, right now, that's the only one on the books. All right. Well, there's the healing retreats in New Jersey, the Flagstaff retreat. But this coming Saturday, I believe, if you're in the San Antonio, the Texas area, check Mark out at the San Antonio Men's Conference. God love you, Mark Kauf. We're very grateful to you. Have a great day. God bless you all. Check them out online, thekingsmen.org. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to have uh, breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos and Jacob Iman from New Policy is going to be our guest. Don't go anywhere. Between now and February 21st, the GRN is raffling off a 2022 GLA 250 in Midnight Black. And this sweet beauty of a car can be all yours by going to grnonline.com and purchasing five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. All proceeds support Catholic Radio on the GRN. Now that's a deal that's all right, all right, all right. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard the expression, free love? Do you know what it means? It means false love. True love does not want to be free. It wants to bind itself. It wants to give everything and forever. It wants to make a vow, a promise that it will keep. G.K. Chesterton says the man who makes a vow makes an appointment with himself at some distant time or place. The question is, will he keep the vow? That's the adventure. The perils and the punishment must be real. If I bet, I must be made to pay, or there's no poetry in betting. If I challenge, I must be made to fight, or there's no poetry in challenging. And if I vow to be faithful, I must be cursed when I'm unfaithful or there's no fun in vowing. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now more headlines. 
The pillar reports USCCB seminary norms won't include proposed background database. A U.S. Bishops' Conference draft policy update on seminary formation does not incorporate a national screening database of seminary applicants, despite advocates saying it would help flag problem applicants who have been deferred previously. The recommendation came after the 2016 arrest of an Ohio seminarian studying at the Pontifical College Josephinum, who was arrested for attempting to purchase a child with the intention of sexually abusing her. He was rejected by at least 45 other dioceses and religious institutes that he had applied for. And the Washington Examiner reports Border Patrol agents warned of assassination attempts by Mexican cartels. The report issued an internal, internal warning to agents stationed in South Texas that they may be the targets of assassination attempts by Mexican cartel members. In October, the Texas Department of Public Safety said Mexican cartel members dressed in military-like outfits and toting AK-47 rifles had been taunting U.S. soldiers assigned to the southern border. Information stated that the cartel groups were discussing killing U.S. law enforcement personnel along with border along the border near Fronton, Texas, the alert state states. The Postmillennial reports CDC quietly lowers early childhood speech standards. The CDC st- changed their standards for early child development as the effects of COVID policies revolving children's development from speech to reading and other basics becomes more apparent. The changes were made to the guidelines to ensure that it reflects milestones that at least 75% of children can reach. Since children are no longer able to reach these previously attainable milestones, they have been lowered. And the Epic Times reports San Francisco mayor says recalled school board members failed to do their fundamental job. Responding to the recall election in which voters decisively ejected three members of the Board of Education, San Francisco Mayor Lauren Breed said that school board failed to do its most basic job of educating children. Citing examples of the board's incompetence, there was a plan to fund alternative names for schools that were not even open during the closures due to COVID-19, as well as a 17-month delayed reopening of in-person learning. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Jacob Imam. He's the co-founder and director of New Polity, which uh, seeks to educate people about the politics and economics according to the Catholic social teaching. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's good to be with you. Yeah, we're very grateful for your time today. You know, uh, I was thinking, I was watching your your conversation with Matt Fratt and Pites with the Carn. It's very great. Three-hour-long conversation that the two of you had, so, uh, you know, wonderful stuff. But it made me think a lot about several things. Number one was, in my own journey, coming from basically hedonism into the Catholic faith and, and then still on this ride, you don't know what you don't know until you know that you don't know it. It keep, right. you know, like I would have identified myself as a capitalist, right? It's like, and thought that that's perfectly in keeping with the tradition and patrimony of Holy Mother Church. But as we discover, you don't know what you don't know until you know that you don't know it, uh, listening to Jacob Imam. So one of my questions to you is, what is a Catholic vision of the economy, Jacob Imam? <laughs> well, the, the whole point of this entire life is to get one another to heaven and to be able to see Christ's face more clearly. And so for John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II, he understands the economy is one more avenue by which we get to heaven, both in terms of the work that we are doing uh, inculcates us in certain virtues that we otherwise wouldn't have, uh, but also it uh, is almost a remedial teacher 
you know, post after the fall of uh, helping us serve our neighbor. And so for the economy, it's a way of ensuring that our neighbors are dignified, uh, that our own lives are dignified, and that we learn uh, to live in the condition of freedom uh, so that we might be able to um, better love and serve God. So I mean, it's a completely different uh, vision goal from, from the beginning. Um, and then from, from there, uh, we have to understand that, you know, our, our, the goal of the economy is not just to have material provisions provided. He says that the subjective meaning of work in the economy, rather than the objective meaning of work, uh, has to be our primary care as Catholics. And by that, he means that our focus should not be so much on the products as on the people producing them. Because after all, it's, uh, you know, labor comes before capital only because it is the laborer who we want to get to heaven. Yeah, the people are the point, right? Yeah. But, but okay, so then how, okay, the two choices we're typically given to simplify, to make everything very simple, is socialism, communism, or capitalism. Those are generally the two categories that we're given to explore. And of course, we reject socialism, communism, which means we're capitalists, right? <laughs> yeah, that's how it tends to be. But in Centesimus Honest, um, the the one of the greatest encyclicals in our Catholic social doctrine tradition, John Paul writes there that just because communism has now fallen, this is 1991 that he's writing this, he says, just because communism has now fallen uh, does not mean that capitalism is the only choice we Catholics are left with. And he starts to go through a, a long critique of of the free market. Now, he says, of course, that that the free market is is better than the alternative. Um, but there, it needs to be couched within uh, a Catholic moral ethic, so that we're actually directed to where we're supposed to be. And and I and, and I suppose that there's you know a number of reasons that he gives himself um, that Pope does for why we have this dichotomy in our mind. And he he really bases it. I know this is going to sound you know dramatic, but it's it, you know it's an encyclical worth reading and considering, um, not least because as a pope talking about faith and morals, uh, that uh, that he he says that we have this materialistic instinct in the modern world, and that that is such a pernicious problem. It is a pernicious error, you know. He says, and and because we have this materialism, we we tend to think about uh, capital over labor, material over heaven. Uh, that's uh, and and so once we break free from that mindset that we just need to have this temporal life provided for, rather than I need to make sure that my buddies get to heaven, mm. um, you know that really starts to change our outlook on the economy. He says. I think a lot of uh, if if we were to sit here and say capitalism is bad and a Catholic outlook would look different, and I, I think a lot of our neighbors, many even. Catholics would just think we were being outlandish and insane, because I think too often we identify more as American Americans than we do <laughs> as Catholics, and Americans are capitalists, you know what I'm saying? And I was thinking, right. I love history, I, I, I spend my free time reading history, and uh, over the weekend I was reading Father Charles Connor's book on the American uh, Revolution and the Catholic role in that, and the, the, the politics of Americana at the time. And in 1774, when the English Parliament uh, solidified uh, the, the right for Catholics to worship in Ottawa, up in Quebec, rather, uh, 
all of the founding fathers lambasted this, came out and warned uh, the col colonialists that the popish blood will run, you know, and, and just very, a very bombastic language. And I really feel like that's the heart, like that's the foundation of this country. And too many Catholics and even their Protestant uh, or evangelical neighbors think in terms of Americana versus their faith. What would you say to that, Jacob Imam? Well, it's, I think you're spot on, and, and it's not just, you know, your opinion, it's also the opinion of the great Pope Leo XIII. He once wrote an encyclical about the United States, actually, this is at the uh, turn of the century, I guess, 1895, I, I suppose. And so America's already making some amazing leaps forward in terms of uh, world economic uh, order and political order. And he says, obviously, America's destined for greatness, but it, but she will never be able to achieve her dreams until she submits to the authority of the church, he says, you know, in that the, this idea that the church and the state should be dissevered and divorced, he says, uh, will never allow for one to be able to live a truly moral life in America. So I, I think this is, is based not just in um, some sort of prudential understanding of how church and, and, and state go together, but actually into something more fundamental is that we have to be Catholics first. Um, but, and the only way that we can truly be Americans first, too, I think, is if we are Catholic. Uh, Jacob, I have a question just to piggy off of what, piggyback off of what you said there. You know, we, we do have to be Catholic first in everything that we do. And I'm thinking about investments now. You know, people can invest a lot of money into the stock market, into different, uh, different funds, for example. But those investments may have ties to things that we as Catholics cannot agree with, you know, or, or, or participate in, like abortion or, you know, unethical scientific uh, ideas. What do you say to the person who wants to invest money into, into the stock market, but you know, are worried about how that may affect their Catholic faith. Got about one minute till break. Okay, great. I'll go quick on this one then. Uh, St. John Paul II is a huge proponent of investing, but he defines investing as to dignify the labor of other people. He says this in, uh, in, in paragraph 36 of Centesimus Honest. And, and so we're, I think, first and foremost wondering um, what does that actually look like in terms of the stock market? But even, even more than that, he, he goes on to say uh, that what we are building, what we invest in is always a moral and cultural decision, which means that it's never a neutral decision. And then lastly, one of the other things that he says is that what we invest in reveals the, the human quality of our souls. And so I always stop to wonder and say, if we're just buying ETFs or mutual funds and we don't know what's actually in them, what does that say about the state of our souls, the quality of our souls? And this, I think, is one of the, the baseline objections to blind investing, investing in a basket of stocks that you just don't know what's in there. Hold that, start with that. Hold that thought. Jacob Imam is our guest. He is the co-founder and director of New Polity. And uh, you can find them linked up on their website at newpolity.com. We're going to continue this conversation right after this very short break. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. Tell a friend. Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. 
right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Jacob Imam is our guest. He is the uh, co-founder and director of New Polity. You can find them online at newpolity.com. We're talking about a Catholic vision for the economy. Good morning to you, sir, again. Thank you again for being on our show. It's great to be with you. I really want to understand, like, help me, like, if we could, one could we? Is it even possible? Number two, if we could transform our economy into something that would be in keeping with what we believe as Catholics, the tradition of patrimony of Catholic teaching, what would that economy look like? And is it even possible? Yeah, you know, to be honest, I think that question is a little bit tough because when we are living into the grace of the New Testament, we're not going to have rules or bylaws or anything like that. That's what Christ moved us away from, hoping to fulfill. And of course, we have canon law today. Law is a directive. Law is something that guides us towards uh, virtue, but it's just the first step. And so when I get asked this question, I I sometimes want to pull away from it and say, (laughs) you know what, the first thing that we need to do is actually focus on our life. What can I do better in my uh, working situation, in my life as a Catholic businessman? Um, What can we do to usher in the kingdom of God in our place? Uh, And once we start to do that, and once we start to invite people to do that, to really live differently so that the pattern of our lives is unrecognizable to an atheist, to a modern post-Christian American, then I think we're starting to be on the right track. And I think at that point, we're starting to uh, be able to evangelize more profoundly so, to our neighbors and to our friends. So you're saying, let's just say I, I run a business and yeah. I have a lot of employees and yeah. I structure my my work, my business such that my employees become, you know, sort of the point of the relationship. My, my, my relationship with my customer, my relationship with my employees is, has pride of place over the bottom line. Yeah, I think absolutely. So they just give one quick example. In America today, we think about ownership in terms of something that's legal, something that's legally decided. 
um, that I own my house. Why? Because I, I signed the contract. It's a contractual agreement. Whereas if you look at the popes, they actually see this as something that's based down into reality, mm. that ownership is, is connected to our own work. Why? Well, because when God created the world, he gifted it not just to some of us, but to all of us. And so how is it that we get to claim one part of that? Well, the reason is work, because just as God externalized his own internal order onto the world, and in some way, all of creation and like get, has a divine spark in it, revealing God to us. So when we impress ourselves into creation through our work, we start to have our own impression on it and thus be able to have some sort of claim to it. So then there's the idea that, of course, there's, there's legality to this. And of course, we need to, there's, there's a proper place of being able to divide, divide that in terms of the government. But that's secondary. That's recognizing a metaphysical reality behind the law. And so John Paul II, talking about all this in Laborum Exercens, says, thus it's, it, it makes sense to have profit sharing or employee ownership, because it's not just the boss who's impressing himself upon the work of the company. It's everybody. Everybody is. That, so that, leads to, that leads to a lot of follow-up questions. Um, I'm trying to figure out which one to to pick up. Well, one question would might be the idea here falls into whenever we talk about the question of usury and we start questioning uh, these kind of fiat money where this money just doesn't exist and we're seeing this in real time, the inflation skyrocketing yep. and money just vanishing. Um, and this uh, all kind of culminates. Is it would it be permissible or even a good idea for, for Catholics to start up our own local credit unions or credit systems that do not engage in usury? And would that even be possible under fiat currency? Because if you don't use usury, your money just it just vanishes. It doesn't exist anymore because of interest. And uh, because without interest, your the uh, inflation destroys the value of your money. So what uh, I guess uh, I'll just leave it there and let you pick up whatever thread you think. <laughs> well, I certainly agree with you that that our fiat currency is uh, something that is fundamentally unjust. I maybe even take it further than, than you did there. Uh, John Paul II condemns it. Actually, he says that um, that this this untethered currency is something that is unjust in the sight of God and of man. So, and the reason why is because it's not only that our savings accounts are, are diminished over time, that our purchasing power goes down, our purchasing power that derived from our own work, uh, but rather about the way in which fiat currency enables a redistribution of wealth uh, to from the middle class and from the lower classes into the upper classes. Um, uh, I mean, that, that economic system is all, all very squared and, and worked out. So, so we do need some sort of an alternative. It would be great if we could create uh, something as simple as a local credit union to, to fix that. But I, it's sad, sad to say that that's just not possible. Even with, you know, a, a proper credit union, you're still able to uh, engage in fractional reserve banking, you know, expand the, the monetary base. Should and, there be a Catholic credit union that can serve Catholics? Should there? I, I totally think that there should be anyway. I just don't think the fiat that will solve the fiat 
uh, credit problem, the fiat money problem. But obviously, I think that there should be, um, and, and multiple for multiple reasons, not least because I think you know we need to start doing business with other Catholics uh, as a priority. Uh, um, John, uh, excuse me, uh, Pope Leo the Thirteenth said this. Pope Benedict the Fourteenth said this that naturally Catholics should prioritize doing business with one another in order that the culture, the economic culture, might not take over in the church so that we start to be able to think more like Catholics one another, with one another in this upward spiral of, of, of loving and being and working that helps us to see Christ's face more clearly with one another. And I was just talking to a friend of mine not too long ago, maybe a couple months ago, who was going to school. He wants to go into the banking world and he wants to do those kind of things. Yep. And I, we were just discussing, and I was like, man, I don't know how you can do that without committing the sin of usury. How do you even do – like, so how, do, how could we make a Catholic credit union or Catholic credit or banking system or, – or not banking system, but a bank and work at a bank without committing the sin of usury? Yeah, it's a really good question, and I really don't have it all worked out. I'll just give you some pieces of the puzzle that I'm kind of struggling with right now. Uh, one is that usury was, it really is uh, a fundamental sin. St. Thomas Aquinas calls it malum and say that it's evil in and of itself. Mm. Um, the first ecumenical council, the Council of Nicaea, where we declared God to be Trinity and Jesus Christ to be true God and true man was also the council in which usury was denounced as being a pernicious sin. So it's big time. You know, when in the Middle Ages, when they found that a usurer uh, had died, or excuse me, when they found out that someone who had died was a user, they would dig up his bones and they would scatter them across the fields. I mean, it was a serious sin that we no longer take seriously. Um, Now, with that said, when the economy started to change, became more capital-based instead of more labor-based, when land could be bought and sold, whereas before that was just considered to be something completely owned by God, there was a there was a change in the way in which charity could be done. And I'm thinking here about a Franciscan institution called the Mount Pieta, uh, the, where loans were given out at a very low interest rate uh, to the poor. Now, ironically, the founder of this wrote against usury in very vicious language. And uh, and, and, and it was admittedly uh, given under an inquisition by the church. And at the Fifth Lateran Council in 1517, it was declared to be permissible, but permissible under two regulations. One is that every loan was given purely out of charity. It couldn't be given out because that's what you wanted to do for work. It couldn't be given out because because uh, that is a new business practice that you found. And then the second, it was rather given out because you actually wanted to help the people who were struggling in the new economic system. And then the second um, uh, criterion was that you couldn't have any profits. And this brings us back to the credit union idea where it's not a profitable bank like JP Morgan, like Bank of America, like Citibank, um, which are really egregious institutions, Mm -hmm. uh, loan sharks, all the rest. Uh, Rather, at the end of the day, if anybody did work there or if there was any any you know bills that needed to be paid those could be paid and nothing more mm-hmm. and and that keeps the 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 loaner in in a place of justice um and also just 
or keeps him away from the occasion of sin in, is so far as but their whole model is built upon loaning people money and making a lot of money based on those loans. I mean, that is their model. Uh, we're going to run out of time. Uh, let me ask you real quick uh, about cryptocurrency. What are your thoughts on cryptocurrency? We got about a, a minute and a half. Well, cryptocurrency, I think, responds to a really big problem of fiat currency. As fiat, as, you know, the monetary base expanded by about 25%. That means that real inflation actually went up by about 25% over the course of the last two years. And cryptocurrency, seeing the evils of the system, says, no, 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 we shouldn't do that. My major concerns with cryptocurrency revolve around, one, speculation, which is uh, you know practice condemned by John Paul II. And then two, the, the idea of using natural resources for artificial goods um, rather than spending money creating a mon monetary system. And instead of using real natural elements, like there's 726 pounds of gold that are currently running all of the GPUs, all the supercomputers uh, hmm. in to, to create the Bitcoin system. Rather, we should just be using those natural elements for real human life. The prophet Isaiah actually mocks the idolater for doing this. He says that he brings in wood and he, with half of it, he creates a fire to create <laughs> food. And the other half he, he uses to, uh, to uh, create an idol. And he says, if you're creating an idol so that you could get more food, why don't you just use it for, for the fire? That doesn't nice. make any sense. And I feel like that same problem is happening with cryptocurrency. Well, we are out of time with uh, Jacob Imam from New Polity, newpolity.com. Jacob, thank you for your time. God bless you and God love you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for hour number one. Join us in the second hour if you can. We have our game show. We have prizes. And don't forget, your last day to pick up those car raffle tickets at Mercedes is today. Go to grnonline.com. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. If you had the chance to sit down for 10 minutes with the world's greatest teacher, would you take it? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. If you said yes, you're in luck. Go take out your Bible and you can spend 10 minutes or even more with the Spirit of the Living God. Who is a better teacher or greater expert than the Holy Spirit? In his rule, St. Benedict sends us to the Bible every day and it's free. 2 Timothy tells us all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day? For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. If we truly believe that the Bible is God's inspired word, what holds us back from turning to it each day? You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the Word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com raffle. to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday, February the 21st, 2022, and you have survived the weekend. Congratulations. You made it through. Maybe by the skin of your teeth, but you're back. You can get on with your productive work week, your whatever's on your school, work, home. I don't know what's on your agenda this week. We'll be praying for your needs coming up in a moment. But just, just think about what you might accomplish this week. All for the glory of God. Offering it up, doing it in excellence. It's going to be an amazing week. Praise be to God. Speaking of which... Uh, hopefully you started your 33 days for consecration to Our Lady, according to St. Louis de Montfort. It started yesterday. So if you didn't, double up today, and then you're back on track. That's it. Praise be to God. You're going to be ready to go for the Annunciation. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, that's coming up. Uh, my family started yesterday. Hopefully yours did as well. Not to mention we have Lent, like right around the corner now. Do you have your game plan set up? We're going to be speaking to a Dominican priest later this week uh, about preparing for the holy season of Lent. You know, how to choose those penances. They have to be penances. You know, that's the primary focus is penance and uh, and how to prepare yourself and how to have an excellent Lent. That'll be coming up later this week. I think on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. So stick around. It's going to be a great week. In this hour today, we are going to have a good news story for you. We're going to have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We're also going to have our game show, Fear and Trembling. And uh, the Catholic Drive Time team is the sponsor for this week's prize pack, which means we're going to have a fantastic pack for you. And you could win, but you have to be the caller at the appropriate time, which means you either wait for me to give you the phone number or you hedge your bet. You go to our website, you get the phone number there, and you are waiting and on standby to ensure that you're the first caller. And uh, we specifically give uh, first-time callers sort of like a little bump in the lineup. So go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. By the way, one last housekeeping here. Today's the last day. (laughs) Today is the last day. I'm holding the, the postcard in my hand for the... For the uh, Mercedes. By the way, fantastic artwork. I know if you're listening on radio, you're like, I can't see it, Joe. I know. Trust me when I tell you, whoever the artist was that put this together is brilliant. 
yours truly. Anyway, uh, today is the last day to get your car raffle tickets for the Mercedes. We're going to pull the winner out live on this program on Friday, I believe. And uh, somebody's going to be driving away in a brand new Mercedes. It could be you, but today is your last day. Oh, we're going to cut off the sales for the car raffle tickets today. So hurry. Go to grnonline.com. And then just scroll down to you see the Mercedes, click on that, and then you can purchase them right online. It's fast, secure, it's easy. Or call your local GRN station manager, which is usually a better deal, and ask them how to get them. And they can sell them to you over the phone or, or do something special to help you out. But today is the day. If you don't get them today, you're not going to win. Your chances of winning are going to be like zero if you don't at least buy one ticket. You get five for 100 bucks, and all proceeds go to support our Catholic radio apostolate. So, you know what? Be generous. You might win a car, but you're supporting our Catholic radio apostolate, and that means a lot to us. All right. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Praise God. Good morning, Joe. You got, I, you got your ticket in, though. I'm I know. Sure. I, I don't. I can't what? win the car. What the fuck? Come on. But I like what you said earlier. You know, you, maybe you made it through the weekend by the skin of your teeth. That was Did certainly you? me. What happened? <laughs> Our little daughter, she's having a tough time sleeping oh, through the oh, night. So that's tough rough. time. I'm sorry. But here's the good news. Yeah. We got to see the big old fish. And I'm oh. talking about a huge fish. Okay. Mm-hmm. At the Cabela's Aquarium. Hey, now. You, <laughs> Actually, you it's drove the, up to uh, Austin. No, no, no. It's not Cabela's. Oh, it's, you went uh, to uh, Bass Pro Shop. Bass Pro. <laughs> okay. Over That's there, the it's like you get a two-for-one special over there. It's like going to Disneyland because you go, you can go to Bass Pro, and then you can go across the street to Bucky's. So it's exactly it's like incredible. a Universal Studios tour or I, a Disneyland. It's like it's it's the best. I had ever. no idea there was a Bucky's over there. I would have stopped. And in the summer, there's a water park nearby. It's like it's everything anybody could ever want. Incredible, all in one location. So you guys did your your preparation for the uh, for the consecration. We did. That's awesome. Yes, yeah. Yesterday was the holy fa- the start of the holy face novena too, which was pretty good. Yeah, recommend that one good. too. Speaking of holy faces. Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is because Spider-Man. apparently I have a holy face. <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> amazing. For now. For, for oh, man. Yikes. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. Praise, Praise be, to, be God. to God. And uh, we had a great weekend. My uh, sister's birthday was Saturday, so that was a good time. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it, Rudy. Uh, why don't you just tell Maria, just go to sleep? This. <sighs> Is that all you have to do? Yeah, Hush, I don't. Baby, people always don't like make a, having kids so difficult. I mean, <laughs> just tell them, "Hey, stop, stop it, whatever you're doing." <sighs> command, stop it. command. Like, I, I, I don't try get that it. next. I time. don't get it. It just seems so simple to I'll me. I'll have to program that into my robot. Mark said, <laughs> "Mark Howe did say you're the bishop of the home." That is so true. Yeah, maybe you should issue a moto proprio or something. Maria, kiss my ring. <laughs> that sure is a little solid every time. <laughs> hey, publish an encyclical. I'm sure she'll read it. <laughs> That's okay. right. Make it. Make sure it's at least 200 pages. I would argue. That's when it really gets really grippy. Sleepy come now. Um. (laughs) Sleepy come now. (laughs) All right, enough shenanigans. Okay, we're going to jump into it. We're going to pray for your intentions, dear listener, whatever your needs are, and then dive in. Don't forget, uh, Fear and Trembling Game Show is coming up at 15 past, so be ready to call, especially if you've never called before. It's going to be fun. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. 
Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your, your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Here's your good news story for the day. Epic Times reports, doctor from 7,000 miles away saves baby from half a heart syndrome by performing in-womb surgery. An expectant mother from Iraq who had lived through years of war had never cried as much as her in, in her entire life as when she discovered that her unborn baby would be born with a serious heart defect and would require multiple surgeries in the first two years of her, of her life. However, an unexpected miracle occurred that stopped her tears and gave her hope, not only to the family, but to many kids around the world. Doa Saleh, also known as Dr. Doa Al-Samre, was 20 weeks pregnant and living in Dubai when she learned that her baby was diagnosed with a congenital heart disease called pulmonary artesia. She learned that her baby would be born with a condition called half-a-heart syndrome. The doctor told me at the time that my daughter would need many surgeries after birth to be able to live with half a heart. She would be delayed in life and she would lose and we would lose her with her life expectancy to be in her 30s. Inspired by an episode of Grey's Anatomy in which a doctor performs a surgery in utero, she sought out the help of many practices all over the world. Finally, she received a positive email from Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital in Cleveland, Ohio. Dr. James Stranick, a pediatric cardiologist and director of the hospital's Congenital Heart Collaborative, recognized a desperate mother's appeal and agreed to perform the surgery. It was one of the best moments in my life because at least there was hope, Saleh said. After hearing the hopeful news, everything transpired rather quickly. Saleh traveled to the United States in just a few weeks' time to undergo the rare procedure. However, with the support of her family, the couple made the nearly impossible 7,000 miles away from the young toddler, Lean, with their young toddler, Lean, to the United States. Saleh, who was watching everything on the ultrasound screen, described the moment her daughter's heart valve opened. She said, When they opened it, the whole team was screaming with happiness, and I was crying because I could see the blood in her heart flowing properly, so it started growing again. It's amazing that the relationships we build early in our lives may result in a patient traveling over 7,000 miles for life-altering procedures, Stranick said. That is a very humbling and awe-inspiring thing. I'm always awed by the lengths that a mother will go to protect her child. Dr. Doa made so many sacrifices. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Peter Damien. He was born in Ravenna in Italy around 1007. The parents of this brilliant teacher and writer died shortly after his birth. And Peter's elder brother brutally abused him as a young lad and made him an unpaid servant until his, another, his other brother, Damien, found him and rescued him, sending him to be educated at Fainza in Parma. This brother was a priest and, took his, and Peter took his Christian name, Damien, as his own surname. He began to practice austerities by himself and gave liberal alms, alms and seldom went without some poor person at his table. He took pleasure in serving them with his own hands. He became a Benedictine monk at Fonte Avellana, and the brothers of Fonte Avellana lived as hermits in bare cells, utterly disciplined themselves and, and given to constant study of the Bible. Their regimen was so austere that for a time Peter's health broke down. Nevertheless, he became a model monk and was elected prior of the community. He became famous for his uncompromising attitude toward worldliness and denunciation of simony and clerical incontinence. In 1057, Peter was named Cardinal Bishop of Ostia by Pope Stephen IX. His fame spread as he took a leading role in the Gregorian reform with the permission of Pope Alexander II and under the condition that he continued to serve the Holy See as needed. 
he returned to his cell. There he wrote unceasingly on purgatory, the Eucharist, and other theological and ascetical topics, but he also wrote poetry. In his ideas about monasticism, the saints always looked back to the examples of the early desert monks. Although he regarded the monastic life as inferior to aromatic life, he advocated regular canonical life for cathedral clergy and was a, and was a precursor of the devotion to the Passion of Christ. His onslaught on clerical sodomy is called the Book of Gomorrah, but the austerities he prescribed for others he practiced himself, and when not employed in prayer or work, he made wooden spoons and other utensils to keep his hands from idleness. He also continued to work for ecclesiastical reform and continue and opposed the anti-popes, especially Honorius II. And he went on the missions for the Pope, even managing to persuade the King of Germany not to divorce his wife. He died in Fainza, Italy, February 22, 1072, on route back from Ravenna. Although he was never formally canonized, local cultists arose after his death, and in 1828, Pope Leo XII extended his feast to the Universal Church and declared him a doctor of the church. St. Peter Damien, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already made clean by the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you may bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. St. Hilary would say, The useless and deceitful branches he cuts down for burning. Hmm. Let that sink in. St. Hilary, pray for us. Adrian, you got about a minute or so. Would you find anything? Uh, yeah. Cordes Lapide uses this passage to hammer the Protestant heretics. And he goes through, he's like, this is what Luther says. This is what Calvin says. And this is how this refutes Luther's position here. Here's how it refutes Calvin here. And so it's definitely, definitely worth the read if you have any of your uh, Protestant brothers and sisters or coworkers or so forth. I would definitely recommend checking this out, see what he says, has to say here. Uh, one thing I'll bring up is the cutting down of the branches. Uh, Cornelius Lapide here says that whenever they, these branches are cut off, they are no longer in the communion of saints. He says, instead, they are cast into the eternal fire where there'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. This is not where we want to be. So let us be engrafted. Let us stay on the vine. And whenever we are a part of the vine, we will exude the virtues of the sacrament, meaning we will have great fruit. We'll bear great fruit. Great wine will be produced from the fruit that we produce from the vine. If we are bad fruit, if we produce bad fruit, we will be cut off. And we do not want to be one of the ones who are cut off because that 
means eternal damnation. Remember, salvation is mm. the goal. If Amen. we lose salvation, we lose everything. Nothing else matters. So let us seek salvation. Let us fight to be one of the few that are saved. Whenever a Protestant would ask me, you Catholics believe that you know Mary can hear your prayers. How can she hear your prayers? I always refer to this particular passage because we are branches connected to the vine. The vine is the Lord. And uh, branches in heaven and branches on earth and branches in purgatory are all connected to the very same vine, our Lord So it is the Lord that connects each and every one of us, the church triumphant, to the church suffering, to the church militant. It is the vine of the Lord that connects us. Praise be to God. All right. We are going to go to a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to play our game show, Fear and Trembling. That's a Catholic trivia game show, which is fun and includes prizes to give give away this week. And you could win. It's possible. But what you have to do is make a phone call. So the first caller is our contestant at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio, learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10, do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But before I can tell you my secrets and my agendas, what we need more than that 
is a phone call on the line. So if you've never played the game before, now is a great time to try. Uh, the first caller gets to be our contestant at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Now, we've had a lot of problems with the phone system. We are trying to work that kink out on the back end, but... Uh, pray for us that we'll get it sorted soon. But that phone number again is 877-757-9424. But there are a few things we like to do during the game show, praise be to God. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before about the Catholic faith. Praise be to God. You might also win some prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody. But most importantly, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time with our caller they tend to be fantastic sports. They laugh along with us, and we enjoy that quite a bit. But if you're new here, here's the catch. I have three Catholic trivia questions, uh, but the caller doesn't need to know any of these answers to win the game. They cannot know a single one and still win the prize, and that's because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise God. We are generously sponsoring this week's game show. We are. We're doing a Catholic drive time, all right? So despite getting up early in the morning, you will be alert looking to the left and to the right as you take a sip from your CDT mug. Take a sip of your your, your morning coffee there. So we're going to be putting together a uh, prize pack that includes, as I mentioned, an autographed CDT mug. And some other books, uh, maybe uh, some stickers and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. look out for that. Autograph mug. We're going to put in the uh, the Father Patrick Payton prayer pr- uh, pray DVD. That's going to go so in there. So good. Throw, probably throw in a book in there from Sophie Institute Press. Uh, some prayer cards. Uh, I don't know. I might steal something that belongs to Adrian personally and throw that in the box. <laughs> Who knows? It's all possible, but uh, Catholic Drive Time is the sponsor this week. Thank you, Catholic Drive Time. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to uh, find more details about this week's sponsor. All right. Praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Pete from San Antonio, Texas. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm blessed. Praise be to Jesus. San Antonio, fantastic, incredible city. And I'm not saying that just because that is my hometown, uh, but because <laughs> apart from my greatness, it is also great. Uh, are you are you from there originally, Pete, or did you move there? Well, I, I was originally born in Laredo, and I moved to, just, we moved to San Antonio when I was young. So as it's, fast it's, it's home. as you possibly could, you made it to San Antonio. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Where do you, Where do you go to church, Pete? I actually go to Our Lady Guadalupe in Helotus. Wow, praise be to Jesus. And are you familiar with the rules? Do you know how the game works? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've been a uh, listener uh, for quite some time now. Did you did you catch that, Rudy? Did you hear that confidence in his voice? It's like, oh, yeah, I know. I know Rudy. I know Adrian. <laughs> I know. I've got them dialed. That's funny, because what I got from that is <laughs> I know Joe what? is the what? trick. No, I, I am on your side, So Pete. true, King. You and I are on this. <laughs> We're in this together. You and I, Pete. It's us against them. Are you ready to go, Pete? I'm ready. Here we go. We're going to start with Brother Rudy, as is the custom, the patrimony, the tradition of Catholic Drive Time. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning. Are you ready, sir? <laughs> I'm ready. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, hey, Rudy, can you tell me 
Voluntary vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience are called what? Hmm. Vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. I think they're called evangelical councils. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, let's just see what uh, Brother Adrian has to say. Hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Can you tell me? Maybe. Voluntary vows of mm-hmm. poverty, chastity, and obedience. Right. Are called what? Sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> what? Does it? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Those are called the theological virtues. The the are they? Mm-hmm. The theological virtues. Yes. You say. Hmm. Well, Pete, this has become more complicated than I anticipated. Uh, I thought this was going to be pretty straightforward, but the voluntary vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, uh, according to Adrian, are called the theological virtues. Uh, but Brother Rudy says they're called evangelical counsels. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Pete, what say you? Tough question, but I think I'm going to go with Rudy. Seems reasonable so to wise. me. <laughs> so easy, wise. easy. Well, that was a curveball there, Adrian. I mean, easy, you were easy. you were going for a swing and a miss on that one. Everybody knows theological virtues are faith, hope, and charity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone does. Everyone. Everyone. Well, they do now, anyway. Praise be to God. <laughs> Pete, you did well. You didn't swing on that. That would have been tempting, I would imagine. Uh, how do you feel so far? I feel feel good so far. Good. One out of one. Praise be to God. You might win. It's possible. Uh, you're in You're in for one. We've had winners uh, several times win with only one entry in the cup. But I think we can double your chances. Uh, let's see here. This next question, we're going to go to Adrian. Uh-oh. Adrian, can That's you tell me? Maybe. Who is the patron saint? <laughs> this is terrible. <clears throat> uh, yes. Who yes. is the patron saint uh-huh. of ugly people ah yes <laughs> and coffee oh yes <laughs> who's in charge of these questions joe why are you reading these these are some that's some mean uh, question you got there uh, well, the question is why are you looking oh, at me man. like that so who is but, the patron saint mm-hmm. of ugly people yeah mm-hmm. and coffee and, and okay coffee that would be hold on, hold on. i just need a drink of my cup okay. that would be my one of my favorite saints a patron <sighs> that i pray to every day yeah uh saint drogo you pray to Saint Drogo? Yeah, because you know, Pedro Saint of Ugly People, my friend. <laughs> Are you I don't know how to read into that. I'm okay, let's for just you. see what Rudy no, says. Just... Hey, hey Rudy. Can you tell me? Please help. Uh, who is Please the help. patron saint of ugly people and coffee? That is Saint Bartrolo. And Joe, you should pray to him because you're about to give up coffee for Lent. I am. We're gonna need up the intercession uh, of heaven. Patron saint of ugly people and coffee. You said it was who? Bartrolo. Saint Bartrolo. Bartrolo. He's a very famous mm. saint. He lived he? under a bridge. Interesting. Mm. Okay. So true. Well, Pete, this is obviously more complicated than I hoped it would be, but the patron saint of ugly people and coffee. Very random two things combined. Uh, according to Rudy is Saint Bartrolo. According to Adrian is Saint Drogo. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Pete, what say you? Another tough question, I think, but I think I want to go with Rudy again. You sure? Mm. Oh, oh no! 
so troll, sorry. troll under the bridge. Yeah, trolling is the key <laughs> there. I would imagine trolling. <laughs> Ugly people that. and coffee, huh, Adrian? Uh huh. Saint Drogo, mm-hmm. one of my favorite mm-hmm. saints. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't like coffee. And you, yeah, I'm putting the puzzle so. pieces together, buddy. All right. Uh, We all learned something new. Praise be to God. All right. (laughs) I think we can get you in there for the second time here with this next question, which I'm going to say is the easiest of all the questions we've ever had in our entire lives. Easiest? Hardest question, even harder than my theology classes. (laughs) All the easy questions. Hardest question we've ever had. This one's the easiest of all those easy questions. The hardest of the hardest. Um, this is a mulligan. I mean, not a mulligan. It's a gimme. That's Easily what, the hardest wrong question. Wrong golf analogy. It's a gimme, not a mulligan. It's a gimme. Here it's you go. hardly the easiest. <laughs> All right. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? Who is the usual, normal minister of confirmation? Normal. So as opposed to abnormal. <laughs> or extraordinary, you Extraordinary. Might say. Okay. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> like ordinary. marriage, you can do it yourself. You, can? you just need a witness. That's what? all. Yeah. Really? That's all. You wow. slap yourself, you too. Oh, wow. How hard? I Pretty mean, hard. Sure, kind of law stipulates you probably have to smack the nonsense out of yourself. Yeah. You, wow. have, to, you have to apply 15 units of uh, a pressure. Newton meters? Newton meters of pressure. Okay. Uh-huh. In the slap. At least. At least. At the minimum. Okay. So you're saying huh. one can, can self-confirm. Just like marriage. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, uh, Interesting. Uh, hey, hey, Adrian, we're going to run out of time. Who is the usual minister of confirmation? Yeah, that'd be the bishop. <laughs> That's like pretty typical, but okay. How, yeah. how? A little, a little on the nose there, Brother Adrian. I'm All right, uh, 15 so seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Who can perform confirmations? The bishop or oneself? Pete, what say you? That's easy. That, I'm going to go with Adrian. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I told you it was easy, and you're in for two, Pete. Congratulations. Thanks for playing our game today. All right, thank you. Praise be to God. You'll have to tune in Friday to see if it's God's holy will that you should win the prize pack. But we're so grateful to have had you on the program. Uh, Have a great day. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. A lot of fun. Praise be to God. We always enjoy the laugh. And in the next half hour on our live video stream, we're going to let our hair down, metaphorically and have a casual conversation with you directly. Go to grnonline.com. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Good morning, and welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Peter Damien. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio Media. 
I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at his command, and all the stars obey. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that we may, we may so follow the teaching and example of the Bishop St. Peter Damien, that putting nothing before Christ and always ardent in, in the service of your church, we may be led to the joys of eternal light. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. James. Beloved, who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show his works by a good life, in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Wisdom of this kind does not come, do does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every foul practice. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure, then peaceable, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without inconstancy or insincerity. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for those who cultivate peace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The precepts of the Lord are right 
rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Let the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart find favor before you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Our Savior Jesus Christ has destroyed death and brought life to light through the gospel. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus came down from the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and approached the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. Immediately on seeing him, the whole crowd was utterly amazed. They ran up to him and greeted him. He asked them, What are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I have brought to you my son, possessed by a mute spirit. Wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they were unable to do so. He said to them in reply, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I endure you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him, and when he saw, when he saw him, the spirit immediately threw the boy into convulsions. As he fell to the ground, he began to roll around and foam at the mouth. Then he questioned his father, How long has this been happening to him? He replied, Since childhood. It has often thrown him into fire and into water to kill him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can. Everything is possible to the one who has faith. Then the boy's father cried out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Jesus, on seeing a crowd rapidly gathering, rebuked the unclean spirit and said to it, Mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Shouting and throwing the boy into convulsions, it came out. He became like a corpse, which caused many to say, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, raised him, and he stood up. When he entered the house, his disciples asked him in private, Why could we not drive the spirit out? He said to them, This kind can only come out through prayer. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> the Gospel today occurs immediately after the Transfiguration. Jesus is coming down the mountain with Peter, James, and John. And there's a kind of an, a very interesting note that Mark makes. He says, Immediately on seeing him, the whole crowd was utterly amazed. Perhaps he had something of that radiance that Moses had when he came down from the mountain conversing with God. Whatever it was, people were looking for him, and they were looking for him specifically 
to cast out this mute spirit which this uh, this this man's son had, and it's in this encounter with this with this man where this really this beautiful exchange kind of happens. First of all, the Lord rebukes uh, a little bit sends send a little bit of rebuke to his disciples and and I guess even to some ways to the Father of having of being a faithless generation uh, who do not have faith. And Jesus says to the man says. Everything is possible with God if to one who has faith, to one who has faith. And the father's response, he cries out in the depths of his need and of his perhaps his, his exacerbation, I do believe, help my unbelief. I think many of us could probably say that with this father. Maybe we don't have the same circumstances where somebody whom we love or is very close to us is, has undergone some kind of possession or obsession. But we can all say that there are areas of parts of us that we, we believe and there are parts of us that we, we have difficulty in believing. And it's in that space that Jesus enters in and he says, everything is possible to the one who has faith. Faith in God. Jesus comes to, into that unbelief of this, of this Father and even, under, even into our unbelief and says, just believe. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Have faith in me. Have faith in God. You can appreciate the uh, the father's question. If you can do anything, <laughs> if you can do anything, and Jesus, if you can, all things are possible with faith. So it's in that space where the Lord uh, and gives the light of faith into that kind of dark, dark cavernous moments or places in our hearts where we have trouble believing. I think another important. Uh, uh, point to make about this gospel is that there's this uh, deaf and mute spirit that this boy has and Jesus is going to free him and Jesus at the very end says this kind can only come out through prayer. It reminds me of uh, reading a book a long time ago called An Exorcist Tells His Story and one of the kind of more interesting things that I discovered in reading that book was as an exorcist is telling the different things that he's, uh, that he's done or the people that he's seen and, and helped to free from the power of the enemy is that the person who is freed and sometimes this takes many many even years to happen but the person who is freed must begin to live a life of prayer it's not kind of a one and done and then they kind of go about about their life as, as they were before but they have to live a life of deep faith and of prayer but also as Jesus is saying to the disciples is that it is through prayer that this kind of spirit can be released also reminds us too that when each of us were baptized, we received a kind of exorcism, the Ephetha prayer, which is, you know, which said that you know when that your our ears may be opened, that we may hear God's word, and that our lips may be freed, that we may proclaim His praises. We know how difficult sometimes it is to hear the voice of God, how difficult it is sometimes to speak His praises, but we all have received this blessing and the gift of prayer in order that that may happen. So may our ears be opened so that we can truly hear God's word and have that deep faith and trust in him and our mouths be freed that we proclaim his goodness all the days of our life. Amen. God is gracious and merciful, and we turn to him to offer our prayers. We let us pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, 
for the intentions of this month of February for all who have consecrated themselves to God. They may faithfully keep to their resolve, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let us pray for peace throughout the world, especially for a peaceful resolution to the situation in Ukraine. We pray, too, that all of those, all of those who govern us would listen diligently to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit in their decisions. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for the sick and those who are suffering, those who are in need of God's healing touch and consolation. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. In the spirit of the gospel today, we pray for those who are possessed or oppressed and obsessed by the enemy, that they may be freed, they may hear God's word and also pro proclaim his praises. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are, the intentions of those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, for all their family and friends, for those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Ever mindful, too, of those who have died and of the holy souls in purgatory, we pray they may rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, hear our prayers and grant our petitions through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia, praise the everlasting King. Praise Him for His grace and favor To His people in distress Praise Him still the same as ever Slow to chide and swift to bless Alleluia, Alleluia Glorious in His faithfulness Father-like he tends and spares us, well our feeble frame he knows. In his hand he gently bears us, rescues us from all our foes. Alleluia, Alleluia, widely yet his mercy flows. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and the glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May the sacrifice which we gladly present on the feast day of blessed Peter Damien be pleasing to you, O God. For taught by him, we too give ourselves entirely to you in praise through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as in the festival of St. Peter Damien, you bid your church rejoice, 
so too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life. Teach her by his words of preaching, and keep her safe in answer to his prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. You never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim Name your death, O Lord, and, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Peter Damien, and with all the saints, on whose constant intercession in your presence, we rely for unfailing help. May the sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, 
with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere. Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicud in celo et in terra, Panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Behold a faithful and prudent steward to give them their allowance of food at the proper time. an act of spiritual communion. 
My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Father, we thank Thee who has planted Thy holy name within our hearts. Knowledge and faith and life immortal, Jesus, Thy Son, to us imparts. Thou, Lord, didst make all for thy pleasure, didst give man food for all his days, giving in Christ the bread eternal. Thine is the power, be thine the praise. Watch o'er thy church, O Lord, in mercy. Save it from evil, guard it still. Perfect it in thy love, united, cleansed and conformed unto thy will. As grain once scattered on the hillsides Was in this broken bread made one So from all lands thy church be gathered Into thy kingdom by thy Son Let us pray. Through Christ the Teacher, O Lord, instruct those you feed with Christ, the living bread, that on the feast day of blessed Peter Damian they may learn your truth and express it in works of charity through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Amen. May he let his face shine upon you and show you his mercy. Amen. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Thanks, Thanks be to God. O Sanctissima, O Peacissima, Dulcis, Virgo Maria, Mahatera Mahata, Intemerata, Ora, Ora pro nobis. Virgo respice, the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. 
be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.